Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am Brita Wallace, and I am so happy that you are tuning in. So make sure you go ahead and hit that plus sign in the right-hand corner to stay tuned for new episodes and also expert guest speakers that are coming up on the show. I have quite the lineup building, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Speaking of which, we have a great guest speaker today, Isaiah Cruz. Um, And Isaiah is a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner and founder of No, is it No-X.net, Isaiah? No X. No X. Okay. So No X treats pornography addiction with medication in all 50 states. Isaiah is also a dad to four daughters. God bless you, Isaiah. I am one (laughs) of three daughters and I know my dad definitely struggled at times, um, especially through the teenage years with us. Uh, And, you know, when we were starting to date and grow up, he kind of really struggled through those times. So God bless you. Are all of them grown? No, the oldest is turning 12 next week and the youngest is three. Oh, that's great. Um, that's a, so how old are all of them? Now I'm just, uh, 12, well, 12 year old, two, eight year olds and a three year old. Oh, twins. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I am 14 weeks pregnant and just found out that I'm having another boy. So you are a girl dad and I am so far a boy mom. Yes. (laughs) So see how that works. Um, so, um, So I am just really excited to have you here to talk about this topic. I think that moms are going to look at this topic and say, hmm, do I really need to know about this for my child, right? And I think that it's really important that moms do understand that, that they do need to know about this, especially with all of the access that our kids have today. So I just want to thank you for being on the show. And I'm going to stop talking and let you talk for a minute. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, average age of first exposure. When are kids first watching porn? And this is uh, average age is 11 years old of first exposure okay. to porn. It's pretty young. Um, yeah. Yes. 94% of kids will have been exposed to porn by age 14. Oh, and again, that, that's pretty, pretty young. And it's yeah. not... Uh, um, when I was young, it's it's not that same same kind of porn. Uh, when I was young, it was it was a Playboy of, of a topless woman, and you had minimal, limited access to it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but now it's it, it, kids have hard uh, access to hardcore porn at their fingertips, any internet access. So, what this is doing to our kids, um, it, it's destroying their their image of what sex is, uh, their sexual expectations, and um, destroying the ability. Uh, or I guess making it more difficult to have a, a healthy relationship, um, romantic, romantic relationship. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's even true for us as adults, right? Like yes. if we're like addicted to porn, we like even whether you're a male or a female or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call yourself, yeah. um, I feel like if we're addicted to porn and we're just watching it all the time, then we do have this image or expectation romantically that just really is unrealistic is that is that accurate would you say absolutely yes so uh 11 years old is the average age but people start younger so uh 20 percent of pornography viewed by pediatrics so 17 and under 20 percent is viewed by children under 10. that's eight nine year olds 20 percent like like that's that's a lot so (laughs) 
we have a difficult job as parents. Like, yeah. this isn't something that most of us have grown up with. Um, no. And how, how do we how do we handle this? And um, so, typically, I say first you have to give your your children the education, uh, the vocabulary. Um, most right. eight, nine, ten year olds won't know what the word de- pornography means. So right. Define it for them. This is what pornography is. This is what I expect you to do if you are exposed to it. Yeah. And because it, it's kind of like a, a, not a question of if, it's a question of when. And right. so your job as a parent is to not freak out when your kid comes home and says, hey, uh, I was at Johnny's house and uh, his older brother, her older brother, sister wa- wa- showed me this picture or video. Mm-hmm. Of course, the mama bear wants to come out and, and call their parents and yell at them. Right. But that's telling your kids you can't be trusted with sensitive information. Yeah. So you have to, one, thank them. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. And ask them, how did that make you feel? Right. Most kids have a gut feeling that this is wrong. Right. Like, this is not This is not okay. And help them walk through the emotions behind that. Because it can be traumatic. I've talked to people in their 40s who uh, who were exposed to pornography at 12 and it still affected them, like their their marriage. They're like, I still have that memory. And, and it's, it makes me uncomfortable just to think about it. Yeah. Uh, so help your kid walk through um, what, what the emotions are that they're feeling. And you know, it's okay to feel that way. And, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. And mm-hmm. I'm here to talk with you. And that's hard for some parents, especially parents who grew up um, like I know my parents generation and their parents generation. Everything was just hush hush and nobody talked about anything. Right. So like, let's just brush this under the rug and I'm going to pretend like it didn't happen. And I think I'm not that way in my home with my kids, especially because I understand how hard or how important it is to have those hard or difficult conversations. My kids are much smaller, so we haven't gotten into like the nitty gritty of like really difficult conversations yet, but I'm ready for them and prepared as much as I can be. I'm not, you know, saying, oh no, they're never going to have them happen. I'm not, I'm not going to shove them under the rug. They're important that we talk about these things, especially because like you were saying, okay, so what if you freak out and call the mom? Well, next week your kid might go somewhere else and be like, it's just going to keep happening, right? Like. Yeah. You can't protect your child from everything that's going on in the outside world a hundred percent. You're not with them all the time. So if you right. don't have that conversation, if you don't have these conversations with our children, then these things are just going to continue and they're not going to know how to handle them and they're going to feel alone. And you have no idea like what kind of emotions and stuff are going to be, um, they're going to be, uh, that are going to be coming up for them. Excuse me. So how can we help parents like you gave some really great tips and i love the tips that you gave and like this is the conversation that you need to have these are the questions you need to ask but what would you have to say to that parent who is who was uh, raised very privately who didn't talk about anything um their parents didn't talk about anything with them to kind of stop that generational cycle of hey we do have to have these hard conversations yes that is well the question i would ask that parent is how does that make you feel (laughs) the old therapy question right yeah uh, (laughs) so 
Excuse me. Sure. I'm a firm believer. Everybody needs a therapist. I have a therapist I, I, I see agree. monthly, just just so, as maintenance. You know, you exercise to take care of your physical body. We, as an adult, it's our responsibility to take care of our emotional life, and right. that's what the therapist is there for. Talk to your therapist about it, and like dig up those skeletons and, and see what was so harmful about that. If if you feel it is, I'm not gonna judge on, on the way somebody parents if they want to sweep things things under the rug. That's fine. Right. Um, but just be educated before you do that, and just know this is this is what typically happens when you parent this way, and mm-hmm. this is what typically happens when you parent this way. Uh, of course, there's always those those one-off ones that that turn out different, but um, so I think most most of us in, in our age group were kind of raised that way. I think it's very rare to find somebody who has an emotionally healthy parent who raised them emotionally healthy. Right, uh, right. And that's like the new I I'm a parent and family educator, and it's hard right. to get parents on that bandwagon. They're like, we don't, you know, like with even today, and it's such a there's parents that are like totally on board, and then there's parents that are totally on the other side of the fence. They're like, nope not happening and you're right you can't judge you can't go into like a shame-based thing but it is it's very hard if there's so much on the other side to get them to see the importance of it so i didn't mean to interrupt you i'm sorry (laughs) oh no you're fine you're fine so um yeah I, i it's it's difficult to um to find the parents who are who are um motivated to raise a child emotionally healthy and chances are the people listening to this podcast that's, that's exactly why they're listening to it right. is, right. is is to find the emotionally healthy healthy way to speak to their kids yeah for sure um so do you think pornography and i are, i already know the answer to this question but tell the audience if you think um pornography is a real addiction because some people just think hey like this isn't an issue like who cares Um, Maybe not necessarily that you want your kids watching it, but even, you know, for themselves. So um, if, you know, maybe mom and dad like to watch it, they're like, hey, I don't, you know, what's the big deal if my kid watches it when, you know, they get to a certain age. So um, is it a real addiction? Is this a problem in our culture? Yeah, that's a good question. I've gotten so many people uh, on both sides of this. Yeah, that's not a real addiction. Uh, Like. Right. Yeah. And um, the more we learn about addictions and uh, the science behind it, uh, the more we realize this is like there's a study in 2015 comparing uh, brain imaging studies of a cocaine addict's brain and a porn addict's brain. And those changes were almost identical changes in the prefrontal cortex and the nucleus accumbens, the reduced uh, activity in the in, in the executive function of the brain it reduces your ability to make complicated decisions that's what it does mm-hmm. and so and, and that study kind of the people who did it kind of claims pornography is more addictive than cocaine because it is the it does the same thing to your brain mm-hmm. but the accessibility um and anonymity and affordability are all there those, right the, the three a's you don't have to go out and buy it from somebody. It's mm-hmm. for free. Nobody needs to know about it. Mm-hmm. So that that's the next next thing. Um, is as mo- most of the people listening to this are moms, and pornography isn't just a male problem anymore. Uh, right. You know, close to sixty percent of women have watched porn in the last month. 
mm-hmm. and uh, 91% of men have watched porn in the last month. So e- either you're listening to this and, and, and you have, or your spouse have has. And I don't know how you feel about that. I'm not here to judge and say, yes, you should do this. No, you shouldn't do that. But, but be educated about what pornography does to a person and how pornography is made. Nine out of 10 pornography videos have, have violence or aggression towards women. Mm-hmm. Like, are you okay with that? Right. And according to um, the National Human Trafficking Hotline, pornography is the third most for- common form of sex trafficking. Ugh. So yeah. some of the people in those videos aren't there willingly. Right. Like, are you are you okay with that? Yeah. And And as a parent, you have to be sure that if you have a problem with it, you overcome it before um, addressing it with your kids or while you address it with your kids. So, mm-hmm. um, so kind of do kind of like a self, self check-in. See like, how often am I watching porn? And can I stop? And why would I want to stop? Uh, and that's usually what I tell people, like, what are your reasons for wanting to stop? Uh, well, my family, my relationships, my, and more, more your research, your brain health and, and, the things that go along with the changes it's called neuroplasticity the changes yeah. in the brain that, that go along with this mm-hmm. so keep those at the forefront of your mind uh, as far as this is the reasons why we're doing that and if the parent needs help um you know get into counseling that's the number one choice uh mm-hmm. is, is is counseling and uh then you can then you can tell your kids at, at an age appropriate time that this is my story and mm-hmm. this is this is what happens or this is what happens when when a person does become addicted to porn right and i think that there's a lot of strength in that a lot of times we don't want to tell our kids hey i struggled with this or yeah. you know this was an issue for me um and i think it's a disservice to our kids if we're making them think we're so perfect all the time i wouldn't say like yeah. Oh, tell your five-year-old, hey, like I have a porn addiction. <laughs> but you know, when age appropriately, like you said, hey, like this is what I struggled with and this is how it affected me. And I don't want it to affect you. And this is how I overcame it. And I'm here to help you, I'm not here to judge you or shame you. Um, I think it's really important that vulnerability with our children is beautiful and it helps them realize, hey, my parents are human too. They go through the same struggles that I go through. Yeah, um, and I think there's a lot of strength in that. Whereas absolutely. a lot of my parents are like, oh, this shows weakness within me. But sharing those things um, with our children, especially, but with, you know, others is a strength. That's a strength. So when we absolutely. can stop that stigma. So, um, so you were talking about earlier, you know, having those conversations, is there anything which is so important in protecting our kids, right? Um, and preparing them. Is there anything else that parents can do to protect and prepare their kids for, um, the culture that we live in that is so saturated with pornography today? <laughs> yeah. First step is, uh, don't give your kids unlimited access to the uh, unlimited, unsupervised access to, right. to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's uh, two different there's two different avenues to go. You have your your filters like uh, Circle by Disney or CleanBrowsing.org. They uh, block everything at the IP address, so everything that, that's on your Wi-Fi. Uh, but then there's accountability software and um, things like uh, Covenant Eyes, and that one is a faith-based one, but. As I recommend doing the filters for younger kids, and as your kids get older into the teenage years, give them the, the uh, it's, it may sound bad, but kind of 
the 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 freedom to make their own mistakes mm-hmm. while you still have influence on them right uh, so yeah. give them accountability software so they can go anywhere on the internet but mm-hmm. these adult sites if if they were uh, if they were visited they sent you an email saying hey at this time this comp- this device watched this video yeah so that's that's step one uh depending on the age of the kids educational material like uh, a book called good pictures bad pictures and that's around for seven eight nine-year-olds um can kind of explain what pornography is in a, in a way that, that that they're okay with right yeah and that reaches to them though that's yeah. great advice right our goal is as a parent is to kind of parent ourselves out of our job right yeah (laughs) make our kids emotionally healthy by the time they turn 18. so um i was watching a study and a video about this uh, this guy who's trying to study pornography Mm -hmm. and in in 20 year olds in 20 to 25 year olds he couldn't find a control group college-aged boys he couldn't find enough college-aged boys that didn't watch porn regularly wow like that is a red flag this this is our society has has, we need to change yeah Um, because this is this is destroying our our our, the function of our brains but Mm -hmm. like i said before a lot of pornography promotes promotes violence and and aggression like are we telling our daughters that that's okay right telling our sons that that's okay to behave that way right no we need we need uh we need to and it's and it, it all starts with the parents to change this yeah, for sure. And having those difficult conversations and either doing those filters. I mean, I think both of them are very sufficient. Like you said, when they're younger, put the filters. I have a, um, a funny story for you in a minute, but, um, and then I don't know how, I mean, I think it's a little funny, but, um, and then, you know, as they get older, allow it, allow them to have that accountability. They're going to have to have that accountability in their lives. So, um, on their own, you know, they're going to have to be able to control, have that control over themselves on their own at some point. So, um, that I love the accountability thing. Yeah. Have the filters and then allow them the freedom and have that accountability app. Um, so my children, they're five and three. Okay. So they like to take my Alexa out of my room sometimes and I they listen to they go to a Christian school and they my son lately has been taking it out to like practice his songs for his Christmas concert so my three-year-old a lot of times he you know will stand up in a chair and I said sit your booty butt on the chair you know it's just like a fun way to say that or whatever so I come out of the bathroom last week And I'm like, what is this song saying? And it was saying big booty. It was this song singing about big booty butt cheeks. And I was like, turn this off. Like, how did you even find this song? They didn't like know. And we do not listen to that. (laughs) But so my brother-in-laws and stuff were joking that my husband was in big trouble (laughs) like teaching my boys this song i was like no they found it on their own they just said big booty butt or booty butt i'm sure they just said booty butt and it brought up like big booty butt cheeks because alexa's pretty smart but um i looked up the video and i was like thank goodness (laughs) it was like just a song that you know they listened to a few words of and not the video because the video was obnoxiously inappropriate um so because 
they didn't understand really what it was saying. And I like nipped it in the butt. I thought, you know, like my husband and I were like laughing about it later on, like together a little, you know, but I was like, I like somewhat find this funny <laughs> to an extent. And then I'm like, oh my goodness. So we have since moved the Alexa um, out of their reach. So they are not just like, hey, Alexa, just let me think of something and play this song or whatever. Cause I was like, how did you even get this song on here? Where did this- Wait until they start playing uh, Mr. Farts. That's what my <laughs> girls are playing. <laughs> but right, it's like, yeah. you just say booty butt to Alexa. And I actually asked my, I'm like, how did that get on there? And he's like, I just said booty butt. And this is what she played. And I'm like, no, like you cannot. So I'm like, no more Alexa without mommy and daddy. And I didn't even know he went and got it. Like I was, they were outside with their dad. I went to the bathroom, came out and they were listening to the song. And I'm like, goodness gracious, like what is even happening right now? Five minutes, and all sorts of things can happen. And this is a three-year-old and a five-year-old who just yeah. says like booty butt and ends up, I mean, this is just- Yeah, imagine if they Google that. Like, right, exactly. Kind of Imagine if they yeah. could Google that, like what yeah. would come up? Like that's mortifying. That's why I was like, you know, um, you think it's funny when they're three and five and they're just, you know, right. a song's popping up, but in a year, you know, my son's learning how to read and write this year, um, very successfully. And he's very, very intelligent. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't see it past him to like be able to Google that if we didn't have restrictions for him. So, um, I mean, it can really start young. So, yes. um, with, with not necessarily your kids, like going and seeking out watching porn at a young age, right. but accidentally finding it, you know, um, by typing in the word, but, or, you know, whatever. So, um, it is important, but can you tell us more about your work because you do great work um like we were talking about before no x so tell us a little bit oh my goodness excuse me tell us a little bit more about no x and um it, it's just such life-changing and purposeful work that you do so i would like you to tell the audience if you'd be so kind about what you do more yeah so we treat pornography with medication i'm a nurse practitioner i prescribe medication and when I first tell people that, a lot of people think like, is this like chemical castration? Like, no, this is not. So uh, we use two different medications. One's naltrexone uh, used for opiate and alcohol addiction and the other one's antidepressant. So the first one's the more popular one. It uh, helps to reduce the reward system. It's used as a weight loss medication as well. Um, uh, it's used like uh, you eat a piece of chocolate, your brain says, that's great, let's eat four more. I liked it. Right. And it helps right. to shut that reward system down. And how it works for pornography is oftentimes people will get on their computer to check a work email and their brain says computer equals porn. So then it releases a little bit of dopamine because it knows that there's porn in the computer. So yeah. it starts that Pavlovian effect. I call it the snowball. And so the medication comes on board and stops that before that snowball gets going. Helps to reduce intrusive thoughts as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other one, a uh, second one, you can be on either one or both. The second one's an antidepressant. Uh, and if any, you, if anybody's been on an antidepressant, most common side effects is sexual dysfunction. It reduces your libido. And we kind of use that to our advantage. Um, people who have a high libido, watching porn all the time, get on an antidepressant, reduce that libido, makes it easier to ha have less intrusive thoughts about porn. So um, we started this 
company this past this this past year and uh i've been doing this in private practice for about two years now i've been treating alcohol addiction so like i said naltrexone is used for alcohol addiction in the course of about a month i've had about three guys uh say i don't take this for alcohol addiction anymore it keeps me away from porn wow man i really need to look into this because one that's kind of brave i'd rather be labeled as an alcoholic than a porn addict right (laughs) there's less shame than that right Uh, so i started looking into it there's been several medical studies done about this medication and but nobody knows about it so if you were to go to your family doctor say hey i I kind of have a problem with porn can you help me they'll say sure let's set you up with a therapist Mm-hmm. which is great I support I love therapy um right. but most physicians nurse practitioners physician assistants they don't really know that there are there is medication for pornography use disorder and uh so that's kind of how we started and and we we're just doing the medicine we don't do the therapy mm-hmm. I always recommend therapy why because the that's where the gap is there's no ga- there's right. nobody prescribing medicine there, you can go down to online or down down to your local city and get therapy for addictions. It's fairly mm-hmm. common, right. but uh, the medication aspect isn't. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're only treating eighteen and above, and that's more so for malpractice insurance right. reasons. I'd love to teach, just to treat fourteen and up, um, mm-hmm. but. Um, prescribing medication off-label is tricky with pediatric patients yeah uh, just a lot of liability there so 18 and up in all 50 states right now where uh we're seeing patients it's just an online consult with a, a medical provider much like uh, a lot of the telemedicine agencies are these days awesome so i have a question so mm-hmm. if you take the one drug Mm-hmm. the second one that you listed and it reduces your libido and you are in a marriage or a relationship a long-term mm-hmm. relationship or whatever type of relationship sure. um is that going to affect your intimacy with your partner does it like say oh hey like you don't have nothing left <laughs> to give anybody hey. else yeah um or does it just reduce it enough to where you're not like struggling, right? you know, going in, out and seeking. I don't want to call yeah. you. No, that's, that's a good that. question. So about 14, 15% of the U.S. population is on antidepressant, which is kind of mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, is this a fairly common medication? This is a fairly common problem, this uh, sexual dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, antidepressants are used in men for premature ejaculation. It, it mm-hmm. treats premature ejaculation. So it doesn't inhibit your ability to have sex and have an orgasm it, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Now, for some people it does, right. uh, that's rare. Uh, it just it, it slows it down. So uh, you at that point, you have to weigh the benefits versus the risks. Right. Like it does how much, I, I treated a guy, um, he was a Christian gentleman on the, you know, on the worship team up in front of church every Sunday. And he would watch porn like once a month or mm-hmm. once every four months mm-hmm. and it would just kill him inside like right but and, and he wasn't the traditional porn addict you know all day every right. day it was just like once every three months right. but it's still depending on how you define addiction he was still a porn addict mm-hmm. and this medication got on board and it was just enough for him to overcome that once every three months once every six months addiction there that's so, great uh, yeah. yeah so you, you have to weigh the benefits versus the risk does the for benefit sure. is he, 
the guy felt like a hypocrite and oh. you know hated himself and swore he'll never do it again but the 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 risk is the side effects the how much do i want to affect my relationship because it is and that's why the first one's a lot more popular uh, i w- we're trying to get more into uh, colleges because like i said the colleges are, are is 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 where a lot of kids go and they have no restrictions in their life now and that's right. and that's probably the age group that feels like I mean, just guessing, this is not like statistical or anything. I didn't look it up, but um, that is, I would guess that's the age group that's like, eh, whatever, this is no big deal. I'm just having fun and it, I'm just living life, right? Yes. Um, and that can create a lot of issues, um, I think, in future relationships for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a study, if kids age 18 to 24, consider it... Um, more immoral to not recycle than to watch porn oh goodness gracious yeah yes so that is that's our new culture and that's yeah. the porn culture and right. so yeah you're you hit the nail right on the head like there's no yeah. it's no big deal everybody does it right been having access since we we're 11. yeah oh goodness yes it's definitely it's definitely man a big issue in our society and culture today that definitely needs to change and the change does start with us parents i think that even if you're not used to having those difficult conversations like isaiah said we need to um maybe seek therapy i am in grad school i just started grad school to become a marriage and family therapist so i love therapy too and i find value in it i see a therapist at times too my therapist actually quit her job um, and went back to, and I adored her. So I'm in the process of finding a new one. Not necessarily that I feel like I'm going through things where I need one, but even as I start grad school, one of the first things they tell you in grad school to become a therapist is that you should have a therapist. Yeah, makes sense. So I haven't had one in a few months because she ended up going back to a previous job and is doing other things um, just more with her family right now. But just think about therapists in school or people in school to become therapists. And that's one of the things that they tell you, you should have a therapist. You should be in this environment. That's how important it is. Not because you have a whole bunch of mental health issues, but it's maintenance. Like Isaiah was saying, sometimes it's just maintenance. Like, hey, maybe that month is really hard and you can just navigate and problem solve how to get through these certain hard things or maybe you're like hey i'm feeling great what's the next step and you're kind of like just coach through this process of like what next yeah. steps are for you so it is really important um and there shouldn't be so much shame in therapy it's not a shame thing so um if you don't know how to talk to your kids um figure out you know what it is that you have to do mm-hmm. and uh to where you can get to that point because it isn't a conversation that we should be having. Talk to your therapist about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Watch YouTube videos about it. That's a good one. And here, That's it, true. Most, most of, up. Yes, <laughs> most, uh, this one's gonna make, make come off a little weird, but even talk to your husbands about it. Most of the, the people listening to this are moms. So like right. uh, 91% of men have watched porn in the last month. That means nine out of 10 of your husbands listening have watched porn. Yeah. And, and whether or not you're religious, 55% of married men admit to watching porn regularly who are Christians. 55% of married Christian men watch porn right. regularly. 
So have a conversation with your your spouse and say, hey, I was listening to this. They said nine out of 10 men watch porn regularly. Um, I'm just checking in on you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and of course they're gonna deny it. Right. Right. Uh, And, but say, hey, I I care about you. And some of the things that can go wrong with it is X, Y, Z. And a question I get a lot is, how do I know if my husband's watching porn? Mm. That's that's a good question, but it's a hard question to answer because it's so it's such a secretive addiction. If, if right, your spouse right. was drinking alcohol, yeah, eventually they're going to show some external right. signs of being intoxicated. Yeah. Um, but uh, some things that um, I have picked up is ir- uh, irritability when they don't have consistent access to the internet, mm-hmm. um, a constant desire or a request to try different sexual positions or scenarios. Mm. Um, that because oftentimes people want to mimic what they see in porn, right? Uh, yeah. And a lot of it is degrading, and mm-hmm. so um, that that's oftentimes will cause some strife. Yeah, but yeah, mention to your spouse to say, "Hey, this is what's going on. This is this is how it can hurt hurt our our marriage." And here's this is what the 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 guy on the the one podcast said: Go to Noex and see if see if that that might fit, might be a. a, a you know, just leave it in a note. You don't have to accuse them of anything or anything like that. Right. It's like, hey, this is, <laughs> I don't suspect it, <laughs> if you know somebody who watches porn regularly, this is a treatment option. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and ask them, hey, would you want your daughter treated like this? Or, you know, your child treated like this? Or, so I mean. The, the thing that really changed my mind is you have to, I heard the same you have to be the man you want your daughter to marry. Yeah. And that changed sure. my life uh, because uh, you don't want your future son-in-law watching porn and then wanting to try that stuff on your daughter. Right. 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 I, I mean, of course, I, I, I hope for a good relationship with them, but, <laughs> healthy. <laughs> but healthy relationship. Like I said before, a lot of that stuff has a lot of degrade, degradation towards women and, and right. you don't want that for your loved ones. Right. So and you a, have to be the man you want your daughter to marry. Right. And a lot of it is unrealistic expectations. So you go into college and these kids that think porn is, you know, is easily more acceptable than unrecycling, you know, are not recycling. Did I say that right? I don't know what I just said, but whatever. <laughs> what I mean. Um you know, those are the kids. If you, you know, have daughters in that age grade that are marrying your, you know, these are the men that are marrying your daughters. So like, just think about that or your children who are marrying somebody else's kid too. Like, do you want your son going? And like thinking about me, do I want my son, my sons going and treating a woman like that and having those unrealistic expectations going into their marriage? Cause that's certainly going to cause a problem. Yeah. If they're trying to be porn stars in their marriage to this sweet right. little wife of theirs that they're like, why aren't you doing these things? And she's yeah. like, what is even happening right now? So, right. um, yeah, I mean, we do have to look at that. And I mean, that's the same thing with parenting is like, we have to model that behavior that we want to see in our kids too. So, yeah. Be that's so good. Like be the husband, be the wife or be, yeah, be the husband, be the wife that you want to. I need to reflect that character, right? Yeah. That I want to see my boys end up with somebody. Um, and the same thing with you. Be that husband that you want, or be that fat, be that person. <laughs> How did you say it? 
uh, be the man you want your daughter to marry. Yeah, there you go. I'm like, I just keep having like husband and wife. And I was like, that's not yeah. what I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be that, be that man that you want your daughter to marry. Be that woman that you want your sons to marry. It's so important that we're reflecting that and modeling good characteristics and life skills for our kids. So that is all that we have time for today. But Isaiah, I'm so glad that you were here and we were able to touch base and talk about this super important topic. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. And mamas, if you would like to learn more about Isaiah and what he does, um, maybe you have an addiction to porn um, and that's okay we're not, nobody's shaming or judging, um, or maybe you know somebody close to you that does, maybe it's just something that you wanna check into as a resource for somebody who you think might be able to use it. Uh, please go check out Isaiah's website, um, no-x.net. And I also conveniently posted that for you in the description of this episode. So until next time, thank you again, Isaiah. I really appreciate you being here. You're welcome. Thanks. Yes. Take care and God bless mamas.